Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 45. We're back in your motherfucking ears only three weeks after our last episode. That must be a record for the last two years. Love it. It's me, Sean, joined by my ever-lovely co-host, Tubby. My man, how are you? What up, dude? I'm good. Work's over. Yep. Yeah, I feel that. Feel that midweek recording. It's a bit hard after that worked out. I don't know how those pros that do it on a regular do it, but um, us amateurs yeah. aren't used to it. So... Uh, what are we going to talk Once about? We're going to time we did. <laughs> yeah, when we were fucking, I don't know, <laughs> young and excited, and your work schedule wasn't as silly as it is now. Uh, so we're going to talk about ValleyCon. So if you listen to our last episode, uh, that was the night before ValleyCon. ValleyCon's obviously happened a few weeks ago. Uh, we'll just touch on it briefly, and then we might touch on some corn because I took corn as well, and corn seemed to be doing all right at the minute. I'm sure most of the people in the world care about worlds, which is happening in like a week or two. But just want to promote our little piece in New Zealand down here, so should I just start blasting Velicon, Tubby? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Ben. Cool. I'm just roll straight into it. Yep, sweet. So, um, I'll just quickly refresh my list. So, Blades of Corn, Bloodfirst of Fury General, I guess King of Blades, that's Ten of Wards, um, and he's a priest, Firebrand, so, and he's got the Killer Instinct, which is moving hero phase. Scarbrand, Blood, uh, Rumgall Ritualist, he's got Blood Sacrifice, Herald of Corn, who's crap, Blood Secretor, who's good with Tunnel Master, Blood Master Herald of Corn with Halo of Blood, so that's uh, Always Strikes First, 30 Blood Letters, and then three units of 10 Blood Reavers, and a Command Entourage, and a Battle Regiment for 1970 points, uh, and I'm a five drop. And I quite like the list. I think it's all right. I don't think it's great. There's some stuff that I would change out of it after playing it, um, mainly the Blood Throne, just got left behind he's there to bring back the blood letters and he's a priest but the blood letters just ran away from him every time and scarbrand i've always did lots of work or did no work so i'm still not too sure about scarbrand do you want to quickly about... like standard scarbrand yeah yeah i played against doing everything or doing nothing at all i played against mitch over the weekend with scarbrand and scarbrand took off like half his obr army but through this tournament like when i played lee he, he died before he even got into combat um, or before he even got to swing. I should yeah. I should say he got killed in combat, but anywho, do you want to touch on your list quickly? Or... Yeah, man. We'll run through quickly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I had Cruel Boys, uh, Sludge Raker Boss General with Super Sneaky, so the pre-game redeploy, um, Fasten and Arcane Tome. Um, then I had uh, Swamp Caller Shaman. Oh, and sorry, this was with the Arcane Tome changes here. Yeah, yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. I just like to reset the table in case people didn't listen to our last episode, so it gives them context. So yeah, yeah. Totally. I feel like on podcasts you got to explain everything like it's the first time someone's hearing it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, choking us on the swampy boy, um, the bannerman, uh, just with tunnelmaster, uh, and then old one-eyed Granuk, um. We had two tens of gut rippers, two tens of hog rots, a six block of bolt boys, and two, uh, three, three blocks of bolt boys. Um, and we had command entourage uh, for double um, inspiring presence triumph, um, sharpshooters, and then the rest was in battle regi. So it's seven drops. Um, yeah, wasn't the list is a lot better than I uh, than I did with it. Yeah. Yeah, is how we're gonna roll that out. Yeah, and you didn't. I mean, you weren't looking to do, you know, very well. No, yeah, no, it's just because it was a painting. I was trying not to, uh, not to 
to let down a new record, but uh, yeah, spoilers that happened. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, you took it because you wanted to for painting and the likes, and you've been working on it. So, I mean, yeah. I think it was pretty clear that you weren't looking to try win the event or anything like that. So, no. Yeah. So anyway, Valicon five rounds, two day, two thousand points. I think we had twenty eight players, uh, twenty six players by the looks yeah. of it. Maybe a couple of drops. Um, just kind of scoring. So we don't want to go round by round, right, Tubby? Do we? Absolutely, right. fucking not. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. So I guess in quick summary, um, I I'll go first. I went four one. So four wins and a draw, not a loss. So I drew my last game against Lee. Uh, so I played against the wonderful Sean Tubman in round one. I played against Phil Cody with his Iron Jaws in round two. But against Alex Sinclair and his Zinch in round three, which was um, a CP farm. I mean, not a CP, a blood type farm for me because Alex is, because Zinch is obviously very spell heavy, but Alex does all his damage through spells. So not only is he casting spells for his summoning points, he's also trying to hurt me through his spells. So it's not like yeah, he could avoid casting his spells. And I was just like, if you're having sort of six, seven spells being cast at your turn, you tend to get like two blood tithe, you know, it's probably average. And sometimes it's getting three or four. And then I did actually for the first time ever buffed it up to, um, you know, hatred of sorcery roll to a four plus from a three plus. Oh, I was blocking even more towards the end of it. So um, I think I finished that game with like 16 blood tithe or something ridiculous. I, I, <laughs> I was summoning like, every turn from turn three onwards and it was amazing so hatred of sorcery like that really came through now. back there yeah it's it's so good dude it's so good and i could have spent more blood tithe had i bothered to spend blood tithe but anyway so it was a close fought match with alex and um yeah i just thought that was an interesting nugget because that was the first time i really noticed the hatred of sorcery because the first time yeah. i played against the magic heavy army that has you know 10 odd spells a, a hero phase instead of just a token one or two um i played against get ready for a whole lot more bro yeah no, i i i played it's against definitely coming yeah yeah i played against ryan lynn watts round four so day two um or i should say like the ghost of ryan because ryan was very hungover and not very good um not like a bad player but he was just very unwell and ryan was also playing old soul blight graveyard um grave what are they called grave lords grave lords and he had like a sort of mini monster mash list so um he wasn't taking it overly seriously and he just felt like shit and i think we called it after turn two which was like 55 40 minutes into it so that was cool um had a massive long lunch on day two and then round five i played against lee with his silver nef which was um a hard fought battle but the quick and dirty of it is that i scored i think we drew on 18 or 19 points a piece it wasn't a high scoring game um and i scored like 15 points in the first three turns or something like that um and then he was only scoring one point or, or three points for the first couple of turns and essentially i got enough of a lead at the start of the game to survive because he had near tabled me and i'd killed maybe i think i killed two units like some spite revs and Something else I can't even remember. Maybe another unit of Spite Rose. I don't even remember what his army had. It's a bit hazy, to be honest. Um, but I yeah. pretty much outmaneuvered him and outzoned him, which was pretty cool. And I think I had about four models left at the end. And I hit the bottom of turn five. And there was a play that I could have gone for the win. 
but it was risky as hell. Um, and it meant if I didn't pull it off, I wasn't going to win, or I could have drawn the game, uh, which was a guarantee, which is what I did. And that way I won the tournament because I was, we were the only two four oid players left. And um, the scoring was actually done by battle points in the end. So it was like whoever had accumulated the most battle points over the course of the tournament, um, which was different from the pack. So um, there was a bit of a muck up with the scoring, which was only found after round one, unfortunately. So that's not a slight against anyone, but yeah, accumulated battle points. So I got 121 battle points after five games, um, mainly scoring. I scored 27, 24, 23, 29, 18. There you go. That's what I scored. I think I was 10 points ahead of Lee. Um, but shout out Lee. That's two tournaments he's done in, in like two months. And he's gone four wins, one draw at both tournaments. So he's undefeated in 10 tournament games. So that's it's a really good result for Lee. And obviously a really good result for me. I was happy about that. Um, do you want to shout out yours? Games quickly, Tubby, um, or do you even remember, or I can tell yeah, you what I mean, they are. I, I don't remember a lot of names um, from the new players, unfortunately, but yeah, no, I remember my games. So we played, and then you played Sam, Ross, Tim, and James Struthers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically the um, the theme of the weekend uh, was me playing a, a, a decent list as far as Cowboys go, very poorly. Um <laughs> I don't, I don't know what came over me, but uh, it was very muchly not uh, not playing for the later turns and uh, scoring little bits early with them. With cheeky little screening units, it was um, played two turns and then full in my army, which fuck knows what I was doing. But um, yes, yeah, so it didn't, didn't go pretty. So I lost to Sean in the first game. Um, then I lost to Sam with his gits in the second game. Um then I beat Ross with Nurgle in the third game. Um, so the 3-2 dream was still yeah. alive, but it was fucking shaky. Um, and then game four, I played a Stormcast guy from Auckland. Did you know yeah, what Tim. I can't Tim Ho. Oh, Tim. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he had like the long strikes um, and the um, concussors, are they? Or fulminators? Or uh, Tempesters, yeah. yeah. Um, so I won that game. Um, and then game five was to try and keep my 3-2 record um, against James Struthers, and I deployed like an absolute potato. Um, it was a good game. It was very lenient on um, on a on a couple of things, but um, nah, none of it really went my way, but I kind of put myself mm. in a shit position to start off with, so realistically, mm. it's my fault. Um, and yeah, I lost that game and went 2-3 for the first time ever, which yeah. um, felt bad, but I mean, Stinky at the end of the day, I, yeah, end of that, I played very poorly. Um, yeah. So I think I, I think I deserved it. Um, I yeah. think of like if I think of if I walked away from it and I thought I played pretty well or just average at least, um, and I went two three, I'd probably be more mad. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> just just going there playing real poorly, um, not really having much experience with this edition of the GHB. Um, really showed plus yeah fuck knows brain farts just the whole yeah. way through yeah um but no nah, it was it was mad to come down that was a massive great. friday night it was great, great we, had a, the boys. we had a huge friday night we were both feeling yeah. awful and josh was like what are you doing up at 6 a.m i was like i gotta go play fucking 10 hours of <laughs> warhammer now jesus and he was like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm still so fucking drunk, I feel great. Yeah. It would have been <laughs> if asleep. We just keep going all day, it would have been fine. <laughs> I'd have been asleep for three hours and then poor Lockie and Elliot to pick us up and deal with us there. But yeah. So um would there be anything you change about your list in hindsight or you'd like you you're not worried, you haven't sort of thought about that? Uh, to be honest, I haven't thought about it too much. Like I've played the list maybe ten games beforehand. Um and I liked it and I was doing pretty well with it. Um but yeah, it's, it's there's a game plan to it and I didn't stick to my game plan at all. Um Yeah. Little updates to like the it's not called the FAQ, the fucking <clears throat> That little wanky thing they put out in Warhammer community from time to time. And bumps yeah, and yeah. The, oh, I know um, what you're referring to. Whatever it's called, I'm sure. Balance data slate. There you go. Yeah, balance data slate. Probably made some changes where you could make a make a much better list, um, but yeah. it was way too late for that. And I really painted everything to it. Um, for me, yeah. As far as my painting goes, to a pretty high standard. So, um, yeah, I didn't really want to fuck with it. I just wanted to. To roll, um, but yeah, no takeaways. Gargant's fucking amazing and cool boys. He was highlight of the weekend. Just watching him um, go over and just absolutely delete things um, and be fast. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a I'm a big lover of that Gargant now. I think it's definitely worth a shot. If um, you kind of wish you had something like a Cron Spine without paying all those points for it, it's um essentially does the same thing. It's just better into units. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, cool, man. Um, I had a pretty simple strategy for most of the week, which worked well on my list, which was um, hopefully be a lower drop than my opponent so I could choose who goes first, which is out of my control. I'm five drops. That's not overly reliable. Um, If I won deployment sides, pick the side that had mystical if there was, because I've got four priests. And even though the shrine gives you rerolls to prayers, um, having plus one on on that re-roll if you can get the re-roll in it's pretty dope as well um and then deploy my blood letters on the line and essentially dare my opponent to go first if they can choose or if they give it to me be in range for a turn one charge if that's possible and that was pretty much a game plan so it was it was very smooth brain it's not creative at all i've got four prayers in there which can all go into blood letters except the blood sacrifice so it's a plus one rent so to rent two it's plus one save and then it's a move in the hero phase so essentially the blood letters will go move in the hero phase so it's five inches and then blood type if i could for an extra d6 and then move in the normal you know movement phase and then the fury first to make some charge 3d6 and then they're Hornblower gives them plus one. So they can go pretty far. And against my game in Lee, I did charge. I did move them something like 28 inches across the board with all my movements and charges. Um, so that was pretty cool. And most of the deployments we had were pretty short form deployments anyway. Um, so essentially, yeah, try send the blood letters in turn one and normally drop my my blood secreted banner to try do as much damage as I can and try tag as much of my opponent's army as I could with that 3d6 charge and their big bases and sort of gum them up in their deployment and then make them fight out of those blood letter blocks um, some people were able to do it well some people were not able to do it well normally by the time the blood letter blocks I'd normally have enough blood tithe to summon 10 more for the most part which is 5 or summon another 20 block which is 8 blood tithe depending on 
on how it goes then because on blood lords uh when they charge they do mortals on five so the idea was to like combo charge a lot of small heroes that were going to be a lot of easy kills for the blood type generation so um when i charge when i played phil i charged him and i charged his whole army but his more crusher i think because it was too far at the back and i killed a whole bunch of shit and just because they've got so many wounds it meant that like inherently they're quite resilient because it is 60 odd wounds on the block on a four up save if i get bronze flesh off which i was for the most part um yeah so do that turn one or turn two depending on how the game was you know declaring itself and then once that block dies i'd normally send in scarbrand or i'd send in scarbrand alongside that block and activate the scarbrand first so really that was that was an easy strategy not revolutionary um the realm gore ritualist that's their blood sacrificing at the back how i'd change my list i think i'd probably get rid of the blood throne i think i only twice got his prayer off to bring back blood letters because he just got too far left behind because he only moves eight inches and the blood letters can move like 30 inches and you have to be holy within 16 and when i'm trying to like tangle up someone's army i'm trying to charge into every small gap i can so keeping that aura is pretty bad so 160 points i think i might swap them out for some um are they called skull crushers tubby the demon ones on mounts uh blood crushers the, blood crushers the demon ones. Yeah. yeah yeah so they are 180 points but i've got 30 points left over so i might swap them out for that just to give me a bit more movement and a bit more of a a unit that can just go grab a flank that isn't some blood letters that just i mean there isn't some blood reavers that just die at the same time i also really like having that prayer so i might just turn it into a cheaper priest and then Scarbrand, Scarbrand's the one. I'm not too sure about Scarbrand. I could drop Scarbrand and I could put 20 more blood letters in and just spam the shit out of blood letters. But yeah, I think that was enough. The, t- the three units of 10 Reavers is probably as low as I'd go with them because they were good for screening. Like if I did have to play James Struthers with his off the board beast beastman that made you move around the board, like just having those layers of screens would be really good. Um, and the hero selection I was pretty happy with. Maybe a uh, a slaughter priest over a realm gore ritualist for that one unbind but yeah anyway so yeah. i don't think it's like the next medalist or anything like that that would be extremely arrogant and foolish to say but i think it's got the bones of something pretty good and it's mainly just buffing the blood letters and then delivering them into combat as quick as you can which is a pretty pretty simple strategy right because the book allows you to do that with yeah, I mean, hero phase move um, and d6 moves and then 3d6 charging, you know, that's sort of what I feel like the book wants you to do. So, yeah, I like from seeing your corn play and playing a little bit of corn myself, I I honestly don't know how you write a corn list without putting that bloodthirster in there. He's just just so good. Um, <clears throat> the fury one between, for the 3d6 you know, charge. Yeah, the 3d6 charge, you give out minus one ahead. If you yeah, and then he. If you bloody survive, you can make him a priest, and him. now he's doing even more value. Like, yeah, it's he's he's just absolute gold, and he's sixteen wounds. Yeah, he doesn't need just... to be anywhere near anybody, so he may get his ward save. It's not the easiest thing to shoot off, so I think he's up. yeah. I know he's absolute funny. Copped a lot of shit for his D three damage axe, which is yeah. you know, swingy, but it's eight attacks, twos and twos. And he starts. I mean, to, he's not he starts. 
No, but he's he can or pick off damage. a little hero, or he can clean up a little bit of a screen. You know, he's he's not going in turn one by any means, but he's still relatively fighty with eight attacks, twos and twos, ren two, d three damage. Because he, you're normally doing about six wound rolls, you know, on average. So, yeah. Anyway, but no, his his main thing is the fact that he just makes a unit three d six charge it isn't a hero, and that's so fucking yeah. good. Because when you combo <laughs> that with Scarbrand's inherent three d six charge, all of a sudden you can launch units from you know twenty four inches away. Because the amount of times I rolled fucking fourteen, fifteen, sixteen on a three d six charge, I did an eighteen to Ryan on the Bloodletters, <laughs> which was amazing, and then the plus one with the Hornblower, so I did a nineteen inch charge. So. Yeah, it's 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 money. It's money. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you there, bro. But I think no, no, no. That's right. I, I think you have yeah, to have think, the very first turn the list. I think pretty much. Yeah, like I was saying before, every corn list. I don't see why you don't take him. Give him firebrand, and he's just has so much utility. Who gives a fuck about his combat? Um, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. he just provides so much to your army for not that much, whilst being like big enough that he's resilient enough to not just get fucking deleted by some d6 mortal wound fucking spell or something like that you know yeah i think he's um i think he's absolute gold yeah and you need a you uh, i feel like you do need to commit to kill him in a turn because it has 16 wounds assuming he's got you know all his wounds like yeah totally it's like you always have to overkill him or you just don't kill him and as long as he's still alive that's really all you care about because he doesn't degrade too much and then no. his ability that not only to minus one to hit with an eight the at the end of the combat phase if you have an eight on a four uptake d3 mortal wounds is so good at just pipping off little heroes and shit like that i rolled very hot on that across the whole weekend so yeah um, and it's eight inches which is a um a very nice size aura and it's a big ass base yeah you just yeah. turn him sideways behind your blood letters or whatever and he's like effectively yelling at the whole army. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And I mean, I think when I first started writing Cornlist, I wasn't that hot shit into Bud Reavers. I was like, oh, you can kind of get better things just like from Slaves to Darkness, things yeah, that, like just do other things as well. But yeah. I think it's just the blood type move, the one CP blood type move, just makes them um, makes them worth it. Yeah, it's um. It's a very strong ability to be able to move as much as you want, well, move a unit into combat and then just yeah retreat everything else essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh that's the best blood type ability out there, and it's the one I find myself using as often as yeah, possible. Totally. Um, like you, so. you completely dicked my whole army with it. Like, oh, the yeah, turn four just, and five, I was just, I was just charging your monsters with, move. yeah, charging your monsters with crap shit so you can kill my good shit. That's yeah. all I did. And I did that to... Um, so did it to anyone else? I did it to Alex in Game 3 to... Because he had a, a battle tactic to, like, have more dudes on my objective and kill nine guys or something like that. And I blood tithe moved him into combat and he has no retreat charge or teleport. So he was yeah. like, I can't get onto that objective now because you just screened me off it with your 30 block. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's so good. I'm like, yeah. And of course I roll a 600 or some shit. So yeah. yeah. Like it, it was, it was game changing. That's, that's the truth about it. It's, um, I, I didn't like it as like when I first seen it, I was sad that we lost the charge in the hero phase, but it, you can, you don't have as 
longer range of threat with it, but since you can just move to just within three, I think it makes up for it. And then that picks up, you know, two other units to move and it only costs one blood size. I think it's just like far superior to the old three blood type charge. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's money because then you can just move into combat with range units and sacrifice that unit, you know. Um like if you're playing long strikes, you're like, all right, these blood reavers are going into these long strikes or whatever it may be. You know, you're killed at unit, but you're not shooting other shit. So Yeah, yeah. No one else will just keep in there. Yeah, I think um I guess we can um I guess we can sort of start segueing from there. So that was Valleycon. Um I'll shout out the top five. Uh, because I always feel like that's important. So um, myself, as I mentioned, uh, Lee came second, so we drew and Lee came second, so that's cool. With his Sylvaneth, with his Heartwood, Sam from Christchurch, Sam Smith, shout out Sam, with his Glimpse Gits came in third. Uh, so Sam lost to Lee, but bet everyone else he played, who I don't know who those people are. Nick Stubb from Nice and Reasonable, shout out Nick, uh, with his Glimpse Gits, his Jaws of Mork, uh, also went 4-1, so he dropped um, his round three game against, uh, if this will load up, he, he lost to Lee, um, but otherwise he got pretty convincing wins in the bollocks of it. And then that, last... That's probably his first 4-1 as well, eh? It is, I think it is. He was very chuffed about it. Yeah, and, fuck yeah. And he could have came third, but he didn't have as many battle points because it looks like Sam Smith one harder than Nick did because Nick's got a couple of like yeah. some of his wins are like 20 points and 22 points whereas Sam's is like 27, 27, 28 so you know he was right in there Um he's probably just telling people how to score points against him knowing Nick just coaching people to try beat him yeah, being, yeah, the, yeah. being the Such nice country is like. eh? you know yeah. <laughs> um, and then Blair, Blair Hemming who um first complete first full year of doing tournaments and he's off the masters is over more tribes over more tribes this was a list we shouted out on that last podcast where it was yeah yeah craig noss and six tyrants or whatever five tyrants yeah yeah his meat fist so he um had three wins one draw and one loss so two draws at the tournament he drew against tim ho and his stormcast um and he got three pretty big wins and his loss he scored 17 points in his loss as well so that's pretty good that says to me, I think he lost to Aiden. I can't, yeah, I think it might have been Aiden. I'm yeah, not I can't, entirely I can't sure. But it was obviously a very close loss. Or it was the other way around. I can't remember. But they, those guys were playing behind me at one point. So shout out those guys. Um, there was also 21 other lovely individuals, but I'm not going to go through name by name because I'm a tired guy. So I guess we can segue into a bit of corn talk then, I guess. Um, now that... Amen. You've played it a bit more. The book's been out for what is it, five weeks, six weeks, or whatever. Um, yeah. I've it's now played to it. See some some good appearances too. Eh? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely been. I think the weekend that I did Valleycon, which was I think three weeks ago, this weekend. Um, I remember watching um, Honest War Gamers stat show, and it was like, I think six or seven tournaments that weekend. It was quite busy, and there was like corn in every top sort of three and five of those tournaments as well so um just like there was that ko wave there was a bit of a corn wave so i don't know if it's a new hotness or not but um i i think it's good i like it i've played one game since valley con against obr and obr is still a tough time for corn that's that's definitely for sure 
Um, high overview for myself, I think demons are better than mortals. Um, unless you're going to worlds, then you'll see a lot of mortals lists coming out this weekend. I mean, for when's worlds like two weeks, three weeks? So realistically, yeah, yeah, they're, they're super different. Those lists are there to deny points and just yeah, gum up. Yeah. yeah, there's like there's a lot of blood warriors in him. Uh, I know Stu from Australia is running something a bit more techy with some damage, but um, everyone else seems to be sort of spamming spamming the blood warriors from what from like the four or five lists I've seen. I haven't looked at every list because fuck that noise. I don't have enough time. I'll see who wins it and then I'll look at their lists. You know, um, and yeah, just... I mean most of most of the corn lists had like sixty blood warriors in them. Yeah, they're just doing the like I'm gonna stand on objectives and yeah. come charge me and take mortal wounds for it which yeah is is not so what i'm sorry the point of what i'm trying to say is if you're looking for top end cornless i don't know what they are at the moment i think they're better in demons than they are in mortals um and there's a few reasons why i believe that which we'll get into in a bit and i don't believe if you're looking for a meta list from the ones i've seen at worlds for corn is overly a good representation of what would do well in a singles matchup. So just take that team's context into mind if you're looking at the corn list for worlds. Um, any oh, and blood type are fucking bent. All the blood type are good. Um, some are way better than others. Any quick hits that you have, my friend? Before we, I don't even know. It's been a minute since we've done a book review. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean. All in all, going old book to new book, I think they've actually made it a, a good combat army now. Um, my only cons- my my biggest concern about the, the army, rather than just wanking it off, because I'll do that shortly, uh-huh. is I don't know if it like it's a good combat army now. I'm worried that it's not going to be a good combat army in in a year's time because um, mm. there's not that over that many overlapping buffs to boost offense or really defense-wise. Um, there's a lot of good tech in it, which is great, um, which is a very corn thing, which is kind of strange, but that's how the corn books have always worked, uh, with cool tech between Blood Tithe and other shenanigans, um, <clears throat> which I think will always keep the book, you know, like a, a, a decent book. Um, but, yeah, my, my biggest concern is that comparing the units to other armies, they're lacking pretty pretty much now. Um, and the techie tricks are keeping them up there because the combat's not bad, not bad by any means, but it's the it's the decent combat plus the techie tricks that make it um that make it a good book at the moment. I'm just a little bit concerned that say in a year's time or two years' time, like we had to wait for the for the next book last time. Um that yeah, it's gonna feel the same where it feels like a combat army that's not very good in combat. Because, um, like, yeah, things like Blood Leaders can put out some good mortal wound output, um, but their damage... But you have to obscenely span is the issue. It's not like... Yeah. You don't just take a Blood Leader scroll and it's good on its own. You know, it's not a unit no. of Fulminators where you're just like, cool, if I charge, I'm really good. I'm self-sufficient. I move quickly. I've got good armor, all that sort of shit. You're like all right, there's a unit of 10 dudes that have two attacks each, which is pretty... I mean, it is a battle line unit, but they're 180 points with a five-up save and two wounds. And you're like, 
how do I stack force multipliers on this to abuse it? And you're like, yeah. cool, I'm going to take three support heroes or four support heroes and I'm going to make my whole first one or two turns about this unit. Because that unit needs to get in combat to do anything and ideally it needs to be charging. Because as soon as it doesn't charge, it's not as good. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think my biggest gripe about the book is they've taken something that Corn used to always have and that was just lots of ways to get plus attacks on your units and they've yeah. kind of just got rid of all of them like yeah. <clears throat> Bloods Creators once per game it's board wide that's great but you know you're paying 110 points for that and a rally um, which the rally's worse now I'd um, honestly be tempted to take two Bloods Creators for that yeah like if I was thinking of taking one thing I had in mind was if I do if I drop Scarbrand and take another 20 Bloodletters, then I'd take another Blood Secreta for like an Alpha Beta yeah, Strike. for another turn. So you could go like 30 go or 20 go and then next turn hit him with the next wave and just gum him up that way. And then that's yeah. a hundred wounds of Bloodletters they have to deal with. But then outside of those two units that you want to be in combat immediately, um, there's fucking nothing else going on in the list except stuff to hold yeah. their hands. So sorry. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know you get you can get plus one attack from the rafts which is good and it's always there the issue with it is that the army's now fast where before it was slow um so keeping the rafts up with them is actually very difficult if you want to stretch out and actually um hit something of value so you i think you're very rarely getting the wrath buff on something worth the damn hitting something worth the damn um, yeah the, but the buff just too strange, small bro it's so annoying yeah like the the thing with plus attacks is yeah it's a force multiplier um but because everything's single damage for the most part it's not really that much of a force multiplier you're only acting like you know one damage per attack it's it starts to get silly when you know there's things uh, with multiple attack profiles or multiple damage on their attacks and then you know it starts scaling a lot better um <clears throat> like you look at things like chaos knights like you know you got two damage lances so adding attack to that's adding two, extra two damage and then you've got a mount that's you know extra three damage from just one plus one so i find it real strange that they've gotten rid of that um but yeah i i i, I i'm really up on the book i like that it's fast now and i like that fast yeah and there's and there's a lot better tech um in the army uh which is good because my biggest gripe with corn is always that it's been real fucking slow um, and then not that great in combat for quite a few years. So getting one of the couple of things um, mm. is, is really good because I think fast plus tech you can do a lot with. Um, you look at a lot of other armies that aren't super fantastic in combat or don't have ridiculous output in combat um, and they're still good. And you look at something like Iron Jaws, which is the polar opposite, where it's fast and does a lot of damage, but it has sweet fuck all tech. Um, yeah. And it's sort yeah. of sitting in that in that middling bracket. Um, so I'm hoping they can they can keep the book alive for some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely did. Um Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with with like everything you've just said, so I can't really complain. There's not any way to really overlap attack buffs pre like there was previously 
um, the buffs that they do have come from prayers, which are really good because your opponent can't interact with them. So that does safeguard you. A lot of them do go off in fours, which can be unreliable. The shrine does give you rerolls, but once you've moved away from the shrine, it gets a bit more difficult for those buffs um, to go off. And the buffs are pretty generic, except for the rend one, I think is pretty unique. So if you have 30 odd blood letters doing, you know, um, freeze and freeze, I rend two then that's, that's pretty cool. It does help you clear out the screens, but um, yeah, all the prayers are awesome. The book is faster, and I think the demons are better because I think the synergies between the demon heroes and the demons themselves are just far more obvious and better than what they are with the mortals, with the, you know, the 10 mortal heroes that they have that are, you know, for the most part, pretty trash. Um, yeah. And then the mortal units that they have as well. So, plus... I like taking the big, if you haven't realized, I like taking the big block of blood letters and sort of yolling them off and having a bravery 10 unit that might lose seven, eight guys a turn that have a chance to come, you know, ignore battle shock on a one and bring a dude back or just obviously not lose as many people with bravery 10 versus like bravery six, like the mortals have is, um, is very cool too. And, um, the fact that it's got some, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It can, like, regenerate through summoning. So you can start bringing back demons through summoning. Um, I think, yeah, the best part about that is, like, Blood Lords is obviously one of the best sub-factions, if not the best sub-faction in the book. Yeah. I think it's the resilience comes from the fact that, yeah, you can chuck a few big stacks of Blood Leaders in there, go and do a bunch of damage, then you can res... Um, 20 blood letters and it's just like you paid for another 20 because um, you still can use the same buffs on them they still get their better mortals um, I think that's that's really nice yeah I'm just yeah I'm not I'm not 100% sold that demons are outright better than the mortals I think I think a mix of both is honestly the optimal way to play the army yeah yeah I am um... you can skew hard either way um which case I think you either run Blood Lords or you run, I really like uh, Skull Fiend Tribe um, for the fights first. And, you know, one has easier, what's well, an easier army to play with um, with good damage output and the other one's a techier army to play since you generate so much Blood Tithe. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the issue I will say about the summoning demons through Blood Tithe is that you don't really get anything good until you get to five blood type. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and that can be pretty. You're pretty sucked for blood tithe unless you're playing into a magic army. Like realistically, mm. you're going to get one twenty blob, and then you're going to spend probably one blood type most turns um, for moving your guys, and you're pretty restricted to use the rest of the blood type table. Yeah, in a perfect situation, you'll use one blood type every hero phase, which is ten blood type. Yeah. Um, because you'll blood sacrifice the unit and then try use it immediately if you go for top yep. turn one, for example. Um, so, yeah, I I find that you're otherwise teetering. Like when I was playing Lee and I wasn't killing his units and I was relying on myself, my own units to die in for me to get blood sacrifice off, I was finding I was never in a position to have like seven eight blood type because it was one-sided yeah. and he was killing my army and i wasn't killing his 
but then against like you know Iron Jaws or um, Sench or any armies that have like maybe six little support heroes and a couple of screens and a couple of units, you know, essentially an army that has ten plus units, um, yeah. then the Blood Tithe can just stack up, and oh. that's when you, that's yeah. when you can literally charge your unit of Blood Letters have them die in a turn or two and then go, cool, I'm just going to bring back 20 more. And then your opponent's like, fuck, I just got rid of those. And then you set them yeah. up next to your Fury first, uh, nine inches away, and then they charge 3d6 with plus one from the horn blower. And you're just like, cool, doing mortals and fives straight back in your face, you know? And then they have to fight yeah, for that block. So the only issue is that that's, if you can't get the blood exactly type going, going, yeah, if you can't, and that's what you do, that's why you keep your Fury Fist safe, because he's just a mobile summoning 3d6 charge battery. Um, and then the Fury Fist can be within, you know, because you haven't summoned the Fury Fist, you've just moved him. So he can be within eight of your units, so they can debuff him with the hit to give, you know, some protection and, and the likes. But anyway, that's more or less a rinse and repeat combo as you summon off him and then they charge 3d6 off him. And it's quite good, especially if you've got 10 blood letters, because even then that's you know 21 attacks with the champion doing mortals and five so for the most part you're doing seven mortal wounds and depending on what you're charging that can often be enough to cripple the unit or to you know kill a hero or whatever it may be find me some more blood type but the issue is if you can't get that blood type coming in regularly if you can't get a, a, a point or two a turn you know especially in that sort of after the initial battle first battle rounds then um you'll end up being stuck in that sort of three to four range where there's nothing good to summon because they're just sort of heroes. I mean, you get five flesh hounds for free blood type, but to be, flesh hounds are great, but they're not good for, they're not good at killing shit. That's not their job, you know? No. Um, you want to be getting to five blood type to get 10 blood letters or um, eight blood type to get 20. And then at times you'll have that eight or five blood type, but you'll really need that hero phase move. So, um, yeah, you know, you fall off it, but um, so that's why I think you always have to have blood sacrifice. Um, yeah, I think the phasing, the phasing is huge, being in the hero phase, um, just so that you can, um, you can generate yourself some blood tithe and then, and then have some options because obviously you, you pretty much always want a blood tithe move. Yeah, Um, it's pretty rare if you're not doing it. Um, three units as well. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Essentially, it's free with your um, with your blood sacrifice. Um, yeah, you literally put your yeah. obviously, but they can't yeah. interact with it, so it's it's just down to um, whether you can you can roll it or not. Yeah, whoever that priest is. In my case, I'm called Ritualist because it's cheap, hundred point priest sits next to the shrine or in the shrine, re-rolling or next to mystical within shrine range. You know, four up re-rolling, three up re-rolling whatever it may be. And they just sit at the back of the board um, bopping blood tithe on demons because they've got ward saves if they're far enough away or or itself or on blood reavers. And if you kill enough blood reavers and you get a battle shock and you get more blood tithe. So yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a must have because I think the blood tithe are too good to ignore because I think the army is actually pretty... Fuck yeah. I think the book's pretty average, but the blood tithe is what, um, you know, pretty average to below average, but the blood tithe is what tips it sort of in that upper average range or from average to yeah. better so and saying all that i think the um yeah go on i dude. think the other best summon so obviously the blood letters fuck summoning a bloodthirster waste of eight blood to, uh, 
10 by 12, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, now. not a rage, um, maybe a fury, yeah, but not a uh, rage. Yeah, it's pretty desperate if you're doing it. I think rage the ones that fresh. I'm looking at most for the summons are, um, are the 20 block ward, spend three for a bloodmaster, um, which I think is really good because then you can pick his prayer um, in case your pivotal you know prayer gets taken off the board you can just put it straight back on the board um or if you don't have the points actually never considered um, that yeah yeah or if you don't have the points like you know for an extra priest for your third priest or you know for whatever you can just summon him for for three and pick the prayer that's actually going to be most impactful in the game so i think honestly what i'm looking at on that board is three for the bloodmaster or seven for 20 blood leaders that's the eight for the um, twenty. Yeah, I never thought about that actually. I, I like. I obviously knew he was a priest, and his prayer is plus one to wound on a unit, which is pretty good. But um, I never thought about oh, if I'd lost my, um, you know, hero face move general, I could just yeah. summon him and bring that back. Or quite often, I was losing. So what I had on my, what I had on my bloodmaster, for example, was uh, um. The plus to rend prayer because he would follow the blood letters and again he the blood letters would just run away from him because they're infinitely quicker than he is um and quite often i found that i needed that prayer because everyone's almost got like an inherent plus one with all out defense these days and armor so seems to be getting way better you know obr looking at you so having scarbrand of like rend free or having the fury first with rend free was actually pretty yeah. dope in some instances so no, that's a good shout, Tubby. That's something I never considered. So here I was just shitting on the the little heroes, but that was actually a good piece of tech. Um, so yeah. I mean, Zench has been doing exactly that for the entire iteration of their book is having the opportunity to summon a hero for a spell. That would be really good in that situation or just for more output, um, which is essentially what you're doing with your prayer anyways, just making more output or... Um, more threat range or more reliable output. So you're, you're doing the same thing in the same order as those armies are, which is, I think, really nice. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, with what are your hot picks from the book? Um, yeah, so how do Obviously, we do we're talking about our... blood letters and, and yeah, yeah, the so yeah, the, the blood letters are just like blood letters and blood lords is um, it's nothing obvious. I mean, sorry, it's nothing secret. It's super obvious. Is what I meant to say. Um, so Jack Armstrong took him to an event. I can't remember what it was. Shortly after the book came out, and he took sort of MSU blood letters. But yeah, the Fury Fester I think is an include for any mortal or or, or demon army because he just picks a unit that isn't a hero, and it's three D six. So you know, you chuck it on your your blood crushes or your um skull crushes and all of a sudden they're going eight plus maybe a hero face move plus 3d6 so that's pretty dope um the rage first i think is garbage the four up to hit is just Three. awful like unless Three. you're running him in reapers where you get plus one to heroes makes him a free up on heroes only it's slightly yeah, more it's, reliable but it's still it's garbage attacks. like you're not even guaranteed to do the best part of the rage first which is the the sixes yeah i think scarbrand yeah, not even the double pylon is is just yeah it's better yeah not even the double pylon completely killed that model i'm not interested in the rage first at yeah all. yeah before the tournament i was super hot on the um Scalemaster or Scalemaster Herald of Corn, the 
Um, oh no, sorry, the Herald. Sorry, the Herald of Corn on Blood Throne. Sorry, yep. spoke there. So the guy on the on the throne who's a priest, he's a bit quicker. He's a bit more resilient because he's got ten wounds, and he's got the bring back D six blood letters prayer on a free up. But then he gets plus one to cast prayers if he's in combat, um, and he also heals when he kills units. He just got killed like every game without doing shit. <laughs> Because yeah. he, the blood leaders would run away from him, and he was just obviously running behind him, behind them. And then people would be like, "What does that guy do?" And I was like, "He brings back blood leaders." And like, I'll kill him. And I'm like, "Okay, cool." You know. So that was 160 points. It sounds amazing in my head. I definitely not as high on it anymore. Skull cannons, I think, are super dope. Um, I think for their points at 150 points, um, I think. They're awesome, but 140 points, sorry. Um, but again, I I don't think that's shocking to anyone. Four shots at three, 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 and two D three damage just gives you a little bit of poke, which is good. But the main thing is you want to get them into combat so you can kill a model and then shoot again. Um, and they they move eight inches, so they move relatively quickly. Um otherwise, yeah, I just think the blood leaders and um uh, the anything that's a priest is money as well, because yep. as we said, the prayers are so good. And the prayers are only the only way to buff units in this army because there's, I think, one command ability in this army, which is on the, oh, fuck, what's he called? Mighty Lord of Corn. Um, and that just. Uh, makes yeah. A, yeah. So, who cares? The yeah. Who cares ability? Yeah. Yeah. Unless Stuart cares after that was explained to me. So that's good. Um, yeah. So all your buffs are going to come from, look, you know, all out attack all-out defense or the realm ability, the realm command one, which is really good, where you get plus one attack if you don't charge and can't pile. Really good on bloodletters after they charge, by the way. You know, the next turn when they get hit back. Um, outside of the priests, I don't really rate any of the the little foot heroes on the mortal side, um, and I don't overly rate the mortals, as I've already said. Blood Reavers are good for very cheap screens because that's what they are. They're very cheap screens. They die super quick, which gives you lots of blood tithe. Um, and they are good at just running onto an objective for turn one and two. Your opponents t- don't tend to want to kill them because it's kind of like a waste of resource, but they sort of have to deal with them. They don't have to commit too much to deal with them. And when they die, you get blood tithe. So, yeah, um, Scale Reapers uh, hot at the minute as well. I haven't fucked around with Scale Reapers. I think you might have, Tubby, so maybe you can talk to that better yeah. than I can. Um, and then I think the invocations are good. I think you're going to need Hexgorgeous Skulls on the regular with the yeah. with the Seraphon and meta emerging with the box coming out, what was it, last week or the week before? Um, yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't like what? that they automatically dispel after you know an eight's popped after or whatever pop. but yeah. I, mean, I mean like actually no i don't mind that the one i do mind is the the bleeding icon because if extra people run it's instantly removed so you just take battle shock on the unit you don't care about that's about to run yeah and then you just ward that against because you think about it and you're like oh you can't take inspiring presence and it's like all right i've got like 10 blood reavers I mean, I know it doesn't affect corn, but I'm just using. Oh, I've got ten skinks. There you go, and I've lost four of them. I'm gonna roll battle shock on these guys first because they're probably gonna fail. They fail. That dispel. That evocation is now dispelled. Oh, over here, I've got a block of I don't know Saurus, and I've lost 
20 I can now use inspiring presence on them because it cost me free skinks or whatever so the bleeding icon's not as good as what I thought everyone thought it was the rapex I think is actually pretty good but at 80 points so the double range points. is what makes it decent yeah, yeah. If you chuck it, if you have a priest in the in the shrine, I I don't know if it's seventy points good, but if you're dumping that out every turn, I think that could be quite good because it's just a little slippy with mortal wounds. But yeah, so that's really it, dude. Fury Fester. Um, anything that's a priest, blood letters, uh, blood master, I think is good. And the two mounted units, both blood crushers and skull crushers, I think are all right because. Highest armor saves in the books, move eight inches. Blood Crusher's output isn't very good, but their charge ability, where they pick a unit within three after they charge, and this is relevant for both types, both variants. Um, you know, you do mortals, that's pretty good because you can pop something behind screens. Um, and then, yeah, I'll let you talk about whatever else you think is good, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think you're pretty on to it with all of that. Um, I'm definitely on the same boat with the Blood Throne. I mean, you pay 40 more points and you get two priests compared to one priest for 160, which realistically you're just paying for it. Um, yeah, or you drop it, take a priest and an invocation for the same price. Like, so yeah. I think the well, 160 yeah, even, is even not. Yeah, I was honestly, I had super erection thinking about bringing back six blood leaders a turn. Yeah, never, never did it. I think I brought back two across five games. So anyway, I mean, no, for every one it brings up, brings back is nice because realistically it's two wounds. But if you want to play in that way, there's a command trait to do it as well. So I think it's more efficient that way since it's free um, and you can put on something that's actually faster. Um, But yeah, I guess Sean's kind of touched on the demon stuff, um, which I agree with pretty much all of it. Um, Mortal sidewise. Think, yeah, Skull Reapers are really good. Uh, they're basically exactly the fucking same thing as Blood Leaders. Um, they're a little bit tougher. They're just more attacks. You, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you get um, you get the the little mortal buffs. Uh, you got more damage on your attacks. Um, but they're obviously not as many bodies, so it's harder yeah. to, um, to screen people out. But then you can't just wrap someone's army or just absolutely dominate an objective. So I think that's the real throw off between those two yeah. units. But in saying that, bro, Skull Reapers are much easier to buff with Wrathmongers than Bloodletters are. So, yeah, they're also. Can because be it's a smaller faster. footprint and they can be faster because they get run in charge from the Whippy Boy, yeah. whereas the demons don't because it's only mortals. So I think there's, I think there's a good debate between the two. And I haven't used Skull Reapers, but I can definitely see why people would want to go for the Skull Reapers over Bloodletters. So, yeah. Because I'm, I'm fairly certain that their models is in addition. Um, it is so in while addition. Not doing as, yeah, while they're not doing as many mortals, their output is... Twice as many attacks still. Not, not getting lost. Um, Same so yeah, range. No, story is good. You see them in heaps of lists. Um, yeah. I think they're very good, even in fives or tens. Inherent plus one ahead of these five or more models. Pretty easy. You know, Bravery 9 with your standard bearer, um, four up save. So, I mean, Blood Leaders don't get a ward save for the most part because just move a unit within eight inches and or be in combat. So. Like I if think, I um, if I had twenty skull reapers lying around, I would be 
getting them on the table. And yeah, I'll I think um, I think... And were... sorry, I'll shut the fuck up now. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think the real difference is that the ceiling for the skull reapers output and stuff wise can be a lot higher, but you can also fall in the trap of spending a lot of points on uh, buff pieces for them. Whereas the blood eaters literally need nothing. All they need is just the the fury first of which you're going to take in every list. Um, and then they just get their power through their um through their subfaction trait, and everything else you stack on top is just bonus. But realistically, popping models on fives is um is absolutely juicy. Um, but no, go ahead, Sean, before I cut you off. No, dude, don't. You, I'm cutting you off, so um, you keep going. I'm I'm not trying to creep on your your chat time. I'm just going to sit here no, and, right. and drink some water. So, no, I think the Skull Reapers are a pretty self-sufficient war scroll as well. Like, you you can layer up those buffs. You know, give them rends. They've got a plus one to hit. Give them plus one to save if you want. Give them a hero face move. Give them a run and charge. Give them a three d six charge. Yeah, the output's higher. First. Yeah, fight first as well. Um, got about that one. But yeah, I think their outputs literally double. Blood letters because they have four attacks and blood letters have two attacks. Um, yeah. And you can, as I just mentioned, you can chuck Wrath Monkers behind them because they have a much smaller footprint than um, 30 blood letters do because you just can't get yeah. blood letters within eight inches. I think I think you still have the same issue that though that they run away. something of value. <laughs> You're going to run the fuck away from them anyway. Yeah. So gonna, yeah. Probably going to miss out on it. Um, and you've only got one 36 charge. So. Yeah, you know, you're spending it there, not on the Wrathmongers to keep up. So, unless it's a very niche circumstance, but yeah, so I think they're good. I think uh, sticking to the mortal stuff. I mean, Wrathmongers aren't bad. Um, their combat got better, and their mortal reflection uh, thing is actually really nice. Um, where you roll for each one to hit against the unit, you take a mortal back, and then you've got murder rolls at the end. So, uh, I think that they're actually pretty good, pretty good little unit. Um, more mortal stuff. I think the claws of Karanak are pretty good. Um, they've got the pre-game move, which is in the yeah, actually, but then you can couple of those more bands are using them. Yeah, so they they kind of they paid ten more points than what you can. I think it's ten more points. I can't remember how much untamed beasts are, but um, a couple more points than untamed beasts. But you get the ability to use blood type on them. Claws is a hundred. Really nice. Yeah, claws are a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing I remember, the untamed were seventy, but that was a. It's been a hot minute since I've looked at them. Oh. Um, but yeah, getting the ability to blood type them is, um, I think, worth the points there. It's just a throw up. Um, how many of those you want compared to blood reavers? I think maybe just one unit's fine, and you can spam the rest out with blood reavers because they're more efficient for the blocking that they're going to do and the, the dying for blood type. Uh, yeah, I think that's all good. And then it's realistically just heroes. I don't. Untamed are ninety, so you're right. Ten points, bro. Ninety, yeah, ten yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Don't pay that all day. Um, yeah, I, I don't really don't rate the blood warriors. Um, I think you can definitely probably make builds around them, uh, especially with like Corgus. It's a trap, bro. Yeah, fucking trap. Yeah, I, but I've tried. I've tried them. I tried them in twenty blocks blocks and i haven't liked them in it either they're still got the same problem with their threes and fours and it's just hot garbage 
um, and one inch for each, which you can get around with battalions. But it's, yeah, I just honestly, I don't think they do enough. Just yeah, having a 32 unit, mil base as well, get, so you can't fight anything. Yeah, have, having having a unit stand there and get beat up, like just do it with Blood Reavers. I don't, I don't really understand. Um, yes, yeah, so, yes, they splash more mortals, but you can spend less points, get more Blood Reavers that splash the same amount of mortals essentially. So I just don't really um. I don't really understand it. Um, I know, obviously, there's heaps of them at Worlds. Um, maybe they're seeing something I'm not seeing. It's uh, a defensive list. A lot of people have been playing with them. Yeah, yeah, and I know it's a team's base yeah. list. Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, thinking that you could probably just do it better with Reavers for the most part. They've both got ass bravery, so they're both just going to run away anyway. Yeah, I honestly think they're a trap and they're garbage. Um, and... The free up save is super yeah. appealing on corn because free up save is pretty dope for a book that can't take any mystic shields but can take a, a prayer from bronze flesh. I don't like that they do mortals. I mean, two dice for everyone that dies in combat, five up takes a mortal. I don't like you just said you're waiting to get like killed and taken off and do your damage that way, and I totally agree. Whereas they previously used to fight on death, so at least you used to be able to activate with them. You know, yeah. and maybe do some damage that way, but I don't. I don't think they're. Yeah, I don't really like them to be honest. They're 190 points for 10. You know, it's... they keep the fight on death. I think that would be a lot better. I I'd be more into the, the fight on death. Yeah, yeah. Let's you reach out. Let's you do some actual damage back because mortals all cute. But realistically, like the idea of having a unit that stands in front of your opponent. And hurts them when they hurt you. You can do it better in other armies. Like you've obviously got OVR drop now. They have yeah. a whole sub faction which lets their whole army do that. Their models are tougher. They bring their models back in combat because obviously you can't rally your blood warriors when they're in combat. So I think other armies do it better. I don't understand why you why you pay the points for what the what the blood warriors give you. Um, but you never know. No, people, lots of people are loving them. I don't see it. Um, you take blocks of 20 and you, line, but... you try to get on objectives before your opponent does and then you essentially wait to be taken off and hope that through dying points. I know, I agree, I agree. And then I you don't care if, I don't care for holding objectives in this. I'm just trying to explain what how edition. you would use them, that's all dude. I'm not trying yeah. to justify that they're a good unit, like because I don't think they are. I just said I think they're trash and a trap. Yeah. Like they just I don't think they do enough damage. The four up to wound. Like almost all battle line is freeze and freeze these days. Like honestly, almost all battle line that is like halfway okay is like freeze and freeze. Um and for this to be freeze and fours. And there is ways to buff that wound roll from prayers from a demon um priest, but like yeah, one inch reach on a 32 mil base where you have to take a unit of 10, so coherence is an issue. Ren 1 is cute and all, but you're not really like, who gives a fuck? Like, honestly, it's. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. see a lot of people playing a lot of mortals, and I think they're doing it wrong. I honestly think demons is the way to go, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't fully agree on the, the demons, definitely the way to go thing. I think the mix is, is the best, but. It's the specific model units, you know. You're taking Skull Reapers and maybe yeah, Mighty and Skull Crushes. Like, because, you know, if you want to compare the 
skull crushes to the blood warriors they're a two up safe base which is one better which doesn't seem that great but then they've got the the double spell save you get them on one up saves with bronze flesh uh, they count for two on objectives so essentially they're counting for as much as the blood warriors are anyway in their um in their little blocks so it's yeah i i, I for it. agree that the human variant is worth the 20 more points over the demon variant in that ish, in that instance like i do i think i think i'd rather have the two up save because the attack profile on the blood crushes is is the same as a blood letter essentially you're, you're paying the same amount for not 10 blood letters but for three blood letters that have 75 percent of the wound count you know about another 60 percent of movement with the eight inch moving a better save but the Hellblades is they don't they don't look like they do a lot of damage. I'd rather take the mighty scale crushes. But in saying that, no, I, don't they... even know, I don't even know if I want either unit to be honest. But I would agree that the mighty scale crushes are better than the blood um blood crushes. Yeah, neither unit is designed to do that much damage. They're designed to charge and do some good damage and then, and then sit, sit there, there. And yeah, make your opponent's life a nightmare and just keep one blood type piling in and fucking ruining their day. Um, which is, I think, where yeah. they're best at. But yeah, so the the mortal heroes, though, I think there's some um, there's some good options in there as well. Obviously, the blood scrater we talked about before. Oh, you do um, tell me about this stuff. Come on, really good with uh, things like blood letters <clears throat> or skull crushes. Since skull crushes got the multiple damage, so they scale a lot better off it. Uh, and then blood letters being such a large unit size gets a lot of efficiency out of it because you got more models for more attacks. Um, Bloodstoker is great for the run and charge on D3 units. Uh, it's kind of finicky since it's only three inches. Uh, you need to be careful not to move him out of range with things like blood type moves. Obviously, you can spend one on him and chase him behind the boys, um, which when he's straight up their ass, it should be impossible to fuck up, but <laughs> things things happen. Um, so yeah, just be mindful, great. in other words. Yeah, just be yeah. yeah. Yeah, just tail one guy back. There should be no reason why you're fucking yourself. You're already gonna move so fast. Just touch that that um that run charge aura yeah. and then and then go hard with your CP Nin- or your, your yeah. Vanguard battalion. The ninety points for run and charge is Cheap. is so worth it, I think. Yeah. On more than one unit. You know, you yeah. used to pay for things like Heraldas at hundred points. Yeah, they had a shooting attack. Towards the end of the Stormcast book, it was ass. Um, oh, but it was Harold has been trash for like four years, but yeah, yeah it was I auto mean, included when it was run in charge. Still great. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what other mortal here? Sword Priest, great. Sword yeah, priest. won't fight. Yeah, great. Yep. Still got a D six mortal prayer, which is uh, really nice. Um, still has an unbind, which is also really nice. Uh, <clears throat> I think. Um, the rest of them are just getting into the point where they're interesting. Um, I think Valkyr is interesting. Plus three bravery yeah. in a bubble is really nice on things with pretty ass bravery. Um, I'm glad you brought her up because I did want to ask you what you think about her considering it gives you something that nothing else has, which is a deep strike. Yeah, the deep strike is great. Um, the mortals it does is... 
like it could be great but realistically you're not actually no, i don't care about the models so i just super yeah, value i just care about um i think just having the yeah having the ability to deep strike is really good which is pretty tough um the plus three bravery is pretty massive especially if you're taking like a bigger unit of uh things like other uh, skull crushers or uh skull reapers which i think will be pretty standard sandless um while their bravery is decent yeah losing three or five wound models to battle shock sucks. when there's so much stuff that turns off inspiring presence absolutely sucks ass so yeah keeping those units safe is quite nice um who cares about it on your blood reavers you want the blood tithe anyway and then no retreat and charge no retreat who gives a fuck it's a 12 inch moving flying model you just fucking run it in the opposite direction and let you guys retreat if you if that's what you need to do so mm. i don't really think that's a bane at all for it um and she's pretty slappy She's always been pretty slappy, so and she flies, which is hard to come by. Uh, she is army, so. joint the fastest <laughs> unit in the book as well at a twelve-inch yep. move. Same with the blood versus yep. six wounds, yep. three tough. up save with a five-up ward save for one hundred and forty yep. points. I think is actually, I like. I kind of want to try her, eh? But yeah. I don't see a purpose of her in my armies. No, I don't see a purpose of her in a demon army. Um, but yeah. in a mortal army, realistically, you can make a good 24 inches in a turn with the um yeah the hero phase move, then a normal move. You can 3-6 yeah. charge her if you want. But realistically, the because <clears throat> she's only on a 32 more base, she's going to jump screens. There's no like iffy rolls where it comes to a big, fat, bloodthirster base. Mm-hmm. She's going to jump screens and, and pop a hero that's, um, that's important, which can be really hard to do in this army because obviously you can't even get sharpshooters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Skull cannons are artillery. So, yeah, there's something that you really want to kill and will be really pivotal to kill. I think um, you get a plus bravery at the start and then you yeet her over and just delete a hero that you have no ability to kill otherwise. Um, I think she's pretty good for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that profile. Like, the more I read it, 12 inch move, six wounds, three up save, five up ward save for 140 points. Five attacks, freeze threes, green two, damage two, so potentially ten damage. I think you'd look at that in most armies for 140 points and go, that's a pretty resilient, quick utility piece of hero. Yeah. Like if her ability was slightly better, um, you know, her, her gaze of corn one the plus to bravery, I think that could be much like that she would be see a lot more play, but um I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I should see a lot more play. It's just it's an old yeah. ass, horrible looking model. You got 3D print that bitch. Yeah. How about we go from one special character to another one, one that's close to your heart, Scar Bloodriff. You want to tell me what you think about him? He's still good. He's still good. He's he's a blood type farm. Like, why why would you ever say? Explain that. I don't think he makes it in every list, but you know, you sit him there. Hit him with some damn terrain and then um, slap him with the uh, the prayer. Or, you know, if you need two blood tithe quickly, or if you don't, just leave him there. Just keep slapping with the prayer. He dies. You're going to get one blood tithe for the prayer and then one blood tithe because he's died and he's going to come back and he's going to do it again. Um, and if you need something late game to teleport an objective, he can essentially do that. So I think he's, um, yeah, I think he still does exactly what he did before. I don't really care for his combined ability or ability or whatever it is. Um, more murder rolls on the wrathmongers 
that's yeah. whatever maybe a nice little bonus might happen once in every fucking six games or something yeah. um but realistically he's a blood type farm like he always has bees he's somebody's little whipping boy at the back yeah um yeah the rest of the the rest of the mortal heroes sorry to be just real quick when you said take damn terrain on him um yeah. damn terrain is bloodletter's best friend by the way just Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just throw that out there real quick because, you know, they've you take damn terrain in your turn, you know, turn one or turn two, they will have a ward save. If you roll a two, you don't care, you lose the dude. You know, they're twos to hit all of a sudden. So yeah, look for that damn terrain as well because I did do that quite a few times. You know, because then they're like plus one save, plus one ring, plus one to hit. Um, and that way, if you get roared, you're like, well, I'm covered most of the pluses so okay. that's all good yeah. yeah um but sorry i just had to throw that in because that was something no, that no, i no. utilized a few times at ValleyCon and have done so since and it's just an it's just a unit that you're like your opponent's like wait what the fuck damn terrain you know <laughs> like yeah 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 like who takes it. it these days yeah exactly exactly yeah um but anyhow go on but yeah yeah i think the rest of the mortal corn heroes are um pretty situational or who cares depending um, unless i'm missing one off the top of my head oh the realm realm gore lady um she's your cheapest priest which makes you great um and being able to give plus one to hit on an objective she's probably your best tunnel master um advocate just because you can get her over there pop it on it and if you want to fight around it you get something if you don't who gives a fuck it's the cheapest priest you've got in your army so i think um just her being the cheapest one makes her pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why you took the Slaughter Priest, right? Because it was 100 points for all that utility. Yeah. So I, I think this, I think you're going to want like at least three prayers in this army, if not more. Um, I would definitely encourage that. So the, yeah, realistically, what, I think you're going to have most, two yeah. priests and then the command on the whippy thirster and then you've got three prayers covered yeah uh, and if you're missing something that you really need you just summon a dude uh-huh. you lose a piece that you really need just... i don't think i've read a cornless with uh more than two priests initially mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously normally the command trade on the blood thirster so mm-hmm. i think that's a good sweet spot and if you need more just fucking summon the bastard uh but yeah that's pretty much my take um, yeah i like the summoning Priest one, that is definitely something I didn't consider, and that's something that other people might not consider. So I think that's a good shout, and I think that's worth repeating because I think it's good. Um, yeah, I think um just one more thing that just sparked my memory. Uh, as far as mortal lists go, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. realistically, I think Skullfiend is the best, and you're oh, yes. playing you're playing MSU in that list. Um, with a bunch of MSU units of Skull Reapers. Um, and then there's a really nice artifact that goes on the Bannerman that gives him use after he pops his shit. Also, you get the Rally and Immortal List, so you get a bit more use out of him. Um, but it's just a big six-inch bubble of reorder charge, so you can fish. You, you know, you can guarantee one unit hitting 8+, with the uh, with the Whippy Thurster, so they're always fighting first, and then you can fish with the other units with that, uh, with that artifact, so... That's that's how I'm looking at my um my mortal lists is they're revolving around one being really fast with lots of run and charge, 
uh, and then two is just fishing for the um for the rerolls because yeah it's a nice big aura um and you can just use them up the board also you could take lots of vanguard battalions because <laughs> you're normally going to have a bunch of little gcs or little foot heroes uh-huh. um, which is just a automatic six to run and it doesn't act as if you've spent the cp so if you're taking a bunch of those and you're not caring about drops because you've already got MSUs, you're already high drops. Yeah, and you, and you can, want you want more units as well. Yeah, yeah, you can get in lots of auto six runs to, you know, make the Bloodstoker ability even better um, mm. without one costing you CP, two you're not costing CP for the reroll charge either, um, <clears throat> and then three yeah you're high drops. So who gives a fuck if you're taking more shit? Um, so many one-drop armies, you get lots of opportunities to counter-deploy against them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't care for the others. I don't care for Gortide, who gives a fuck about plus one to wound. Gortide um, is garbage, and it's conditional yeah. as well. So it has yeah, to target an enemy right. unit that is contesting an objective. Lame. Um, I think yeah. Skullfin is the best one, which is uh, making an unmodified charge roll of an 8+, and you got ASF, which is, well, always strike first, which is... um. Which is great. The flayed one, I think, is kind of dumb. If you fight, you get a five board, which it's, yeah, a, not it's a nice idea, but um, realistically, if you want to be fighting. The army's first. not a, yeah, the army's not about fucking standing there and taking damage after you hit something because you got to hit to get that five up. So you need to fight them first, not kill what you're fighting, and then you take less damage back. So you're kind of taking yeah. shit fights in the first place, and which I think is just bad. Uh, and I mean the order of operations in AOS, how you can pick whatever combat when it's your turn, right? So if I charge you yep. a three units, Tubby, and I hit yep. you with say my skull reapers that are in the flayed, yep. you're not going to turn around and hit my skull reapers right away to have a huh. five up ward, are you? No. I so it's the like unit that hasn't fucking hit me. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's not even cute. It's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, and, I'm sorry, this is dumb. <laughs> um, that's a real good point, though, because uh, when it comes down to combat armies, ideally, when you play combat armies, you want to fight in odd numbers. So, yeah. if you charge one unit in, you're going to get evens. to fight before your opponent's going to get to fight. Uh, if you're charging three, you're going to activate with two units before your opponent gets to activate with uh, two. Essentially, they'll you'll fight, they'll fight, you'll fight. If you're charging twos, that's a fucking shit plan because you're going to get one good one good unit in there and then the second unit, unless it's there to just tie up armies, it's going to get slapped back and you're going to lose a bunch of output. Um, Skull Fiend gets around that like basic core mechanic of how you place combat armies because you can charge multiple units and not obviously take the damage back like old Salinish used to work like you know so you can charge in twos you can charge in fours stuff like that with um with skull fiend because you can sit there and just fish yeah. for your uh, for your fight first um yeah i agree one last... i think that's the best model one i agree yeah yeah thought there'd be one last interesting take on the um on the corn book mm-hmm. what do you think they're good into and what do you think that they're fucking terrible into or bad into um couple more points i want to talk about but i think that's a good okay, question no 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 um that's a good question um i'll just revisit all topics after that question so what are they get into um iron jaws you know combat armies that aren't overly good at combat um so pretty much destruction stuff 
um, minus you know the old frost lords and Kragnos. As long as you get the jump mm-hmm. on Kragnos and the jump on frost lords, um, armies that have lots of little one wound units, something in Skaven, stuff like that. Um, I'm haven't played against every army. I'm just trying to record the armies that I've played against. Uh, Def, because if you have the if you follow my model with the blood letter blocks, you've got enough text just to chomp through, you know, those skeletons or those zombies or whatever it is. Um, I know they come back, but you've just got you got weight of dice on your side with that sort of a build. I haven't played against any heavy shooting, and I think they would just eat shit against heavy shooting. So like Ko, um, yeah. Lumineth, I think would be a challenge. I mean, Lumineth might give you some blood tithe, but outside of Searing White Light from Teclis, Lumineth don't actually really have any spells that directly the target their opponent. Index for CPs are pretty nice way to uh, farm some. Yeah, you could, but also if you're that Lumineth player, you just don't cast it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah totally. Most, totally. Of, most of the Lumineth spells apply to themselves. Uh, the Zinch matchup I played against Alex, I've only played Zinch once. Once that went well for me, so I felt like that was a good matchup and a lot of good blood type. Um, I think they would go poorly against KO, although I haven't played with Corn against KO. OBR, they seem to really struggle with new OBR. I've played the new OBR a few times. Um, I'm talking specifically new OBR with any variant of Catacross, where their whole army is like free up or a, a two up to save. Um, yeah, because new OBR is really good at stacking lots of saves. So if you're not proccing your mortal wounds, plus new OBR has a six up army ward, which isn't anything to rely on, but it's enough to be annoying. Um, and also OBR just like hit so efficiently and explode and the rest of it. And the corn demons do melt away. Like they they survive, you know, 30 blood letters will survive two turns if you're lucky in combat you know like two battle rounds is what i mean and you would have had to fight something pretty shit um i haven't played any fire slayers i haven't played any cities but i think they'll do all right into those so i think to be honest they just feed on like lesser combat armies but i think yep. they would struggle with the likes of slanesh for a combat army for instance um and i think they would struggle and they definitely do struggle against obr and i think they would get shot off against like a Lumineth army um, or a KO army. So that's my initial take based off the matchups I've played, which has been pretty limited. But what about you? Same question back to you, dude. What are they good against? What are they, what are they not good against? Yeah, so instead of talking about the armies, because you've already touched on that, I think what they'll do good into uh, is anything that relies heavily on AoE magic spells. Um so you're looking at, you know, your Lumineth to an extent, um, Seraphon, Sylvaneth. Um, I'd say Soulblight as well, because their spells are very pinnacle to how the army functions, as well as just being resilient, but they have the damage to not care about how resilient they are. Um, that sort of stuff they got into. Uh, and then I think the other the armies that they got into are the ones that pay premiums for fast, efficient units will want to take a, a mix of both. Um, so go, going back to the days, I remember talking to a guy called Matt Britton here um, in New Zealand, who was a very good Age of Sigma player. Um, and when he comes to the table, basically, his mindset was that 
what he wanted to do is he wanted to trade his medium. So he, he bracketed everything into a, a fast unit or like a mobile unit, you know, fast, medium, and slow. And his idea was that he would make his make it his his game plan to trade his medium unit for their fast unit and then his slow unit for the medium unit. And then he just has his fast units fighting slow units. So if you think about sort of how that works, when if you can get down to that end point where you just have your fast units and their slow units, they have no threat to you because you can dictate when and where the fights happened. Um, and that's how he'd play his games and he'd focus them around that. And it obviously worked for him very well. Uh, and the more I've thought about it, the more it actually applies to every edition of the game that I've played. Um, so I think the army is very good because anything in the corn army can be very fast. So it's very easy to trade something like a blood leader, which is essentially a, a slow to medium unit, or I'd say slow unit to be honest, on base to trade that for a fast unit. So you can trade your units that you're not paying a premium for speed for because you can make them so fast and start trading them for those fast units. And work work your way back down like that. So take the fast units and take the medium units. And then all you've got left is your units that are innately slow, but are actually fast units, if that makes any sense. Um, so those mm -hmm. sort of combat armies that work like that, I think they do really well into. Uh, and then you've got things like OBR, which is the flip side, where the entire army is essentially slow units. Well, I'd say medium speed units actually. Uh, of, yeah, the, the, of the way they function with the with the plus moves. But the horses are quick, units, but the rest of it is pretty mere. Yeah, yeah. Medium speed units that want to stand there and they don't care if you're fast, you're slow, or you're medium speed units. So I think that's why they struggle into OBR is one, they have inherent ward saves on everything, which is a five plus or better across the army. Another thing that Corn really doesn't want to play into is Ward saves mm -hmm. or mortal wounds negation in some way, uh, which that OBR army has all of. And it just wants to get onto an objective and fucking stand there and be pretty happy. And then when it needs to go make a play, it goes and make a play, um, which is, I think, why they've been struggling into corn. And that, that 1v1 just combat fight, I think the OBR army is better um, yeah. in that matchup. It's more resilient, it's more reliable. It comes uh, back on, quicker as well. Hits and wounds. Like whole um, models just a, come back for yeah because there's a hero nearby. Yeah. But out it's of got a better force multiplier since essentially hitting on twos with sixes exploding is the same thing as hitting on ones with ones counting as hits. Um, so it's more efficient. It uses its its profiles more efficiently than the corn army does. And then any damage you do to the OBR army, they have like very strong ways to bring those models back. So you're not trading. Um, it's very hard to kill a single OBR unit, and they don't have a lot of units, so you're not generating a lot of blood type on them. One, because they take fucking ages to kill, and two, because you know most armies going to have about seven units to an OBR army. Because one, that gets you your max CP, uh, and two, everything's two hundred points. So yeah, and OBR just retreats charge like as well, so it just leaves yeah. combats it doesn't want to. Yeah, so you can't tie it up. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be my other point where it comes to. The combat armies, anything that retreats and charge gets around its the corn army's best mechanic, which is tying people up uh, with that one blood type, just because mm -hmm. it's so efficient and so cheap, and it's it really hurts people trying to score objectives that way. Um, yeah, and then shooting, interested to see shooting. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think KO just absolutely shit rolls corn, um, um, but these slower shooting armies 
that can't be as aggressive. I'd be interested to see those matchups. Mm -hmm. Things like, obviously, you've got lots of bliss barbs and salination and stuff like that. And you have the speed that's far higher than um, your threat range is bigger than their threat range, um, even when it comes to their shooting. So I'm interested to see how those matchups go. Not yep. too fussed about the high value stuff, the Stormcast stuff. Nah. Um, you can put enough crap out there that they have to put their high value into what's not going to be an efficient way to shoot into it. You know, putting long yeah. strikes into, into blood letters like the corn players laughing all day. And if you're not putting it in there, he's going to be scoring hard if you're shooting his bloodthirster. So I think they probably do pretty good into that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's quite interesting. I think they're um, overall. I think they're better into more armies than they are bad into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they're on the right foot to start off with, but I think that they do have some some hard counters in some armies, like yep. KO and I'd say OBR as well. Um, they also there's, hate... You know, there's other armies that do things better than them. They're, they're, yeah. Like I was saying before, their best thing is their mobility and their, their tech with the blood type points. Yeah, yeah. They they also hate anything that has multiple ways to dish out minus one to hit, like OBR, because there's no ways to buff hits in this army unless it's already on a yeah. war scroll like Skull Reapers. Um, yeah. You know, if they attack a unit that's five or more models, um, so you take you're relying on damn terrain or all out defense. I mean, all out attack. Sorry, and if you're charging into a monster with Skull Reapers or Skull Crushers or Bloodletters, you can just get roared and, you know, then you're forced to hit or fives in some cases. So anything that can yeah. dish out multiple neg ones to hit or make you re-roll something or the re-rolls are pretty gone these days, it's pretty, pretty shitty, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I agree. I... I, th- I, think I think the best asset is the, is the army is fast and mm-hmm. with corn. Essentially, you're looking to deliver your own units into combat as soon as possible. And ideally, in your turn, or if not, by blocking people's charges by moving into combat in their hero phase. And the beauty about this corn book is that you have a prayer, which is non-exclusionary to... It's not locked into any type. It just is a prayer, which is a hero phase move. And it goes off in a free, which is very reliable. And so it automatically doubles your movement output. You've got a 3d6 charge to any unit in the game, excluding heroes. And the one hero that you want to be charging is Scarbrand, who has a 3d6 charge inherently. So that's increasing your charge output by 50%, um, which is amazing. And also, if you're playing Mortals and you've got the Whippy Guy to Blood Stoker, Stoker. Yeah, it's almost it's secreted there. Bloodstoker, who is making units run in charge. So you want to deliver your combat units, your buffed up combat units through prayers, which your opponent can't interact with, and you get an inherent reroll from the shrine into combat as quickly as you can. And you actually do have some pretty big melee combat threat ranges, assuming you have that foundational piece of the Fury Fester for the 3D6 charge, and assuming you can get your prayer off for um the hero phase move so the beauty of it is that exactly to what you were talking about tubby with speed is you can make slow units blood leaders that move five inches they're slow but if they move in the hero phase and then move another d6 and charge 3d6 
and move again it, it's they're pretty quick with two inch range so yeah 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 um but, and i agree yeah, the magic, i think mag- I, the heavy magic armies i've played against uh, has been fine for me but not yeah, yeah not as good as mal now myriad or whatever the obr one is the two up but yeah the yeah. really you don't care about ignoring spells you care about generating blood type for free because yeah, sometimes yeah, totally. killing units is very hard yeah yeah and you know you dying is never is, isn't always the worst thing um, and I think that's the that's an interesting thing about those stand back in AOE bomb your list is you know I think where you wrote your list is in my ideals the right way to be looking at cornless, um, which is going way well, back to yeah. where corn first drop, and that's getting as much of your stuff into combat as quickly as you can. Yeah, um, which is what those AOE bomb lists don't like in the first place. Yeah, um, so I think they can do that very efficiently. They can do it over and over again um, and then play for late game where they can make the most of their summoning mechanics and their tech mechanics uh, when there's less units on the board and less potential output. Um, I mean, that's going to apply to Seraphon coming out, which is, you know, the big bad. I think that's going to be the best army in the game. I'd say number two is likely Soul Blight at this stage. And I think they plan to Soul Blight fine. Um, just because they've normally got a lot of low-value units on the board that are going to stop you scoring, but it's also going to feed you and power you up as you go. Mm. Then, I mean, that's the same with Seraphon, none right? Of their abilities really, really nail you down too hard. Yeah, exactly the same with Seraphon. They're doing the exact same thing. You um, can. I think the most their deployment matchup, try fight to this line, make them fight out of their deployment while you score objectives. Yeah, I think I think Luminef would be a very interesting matchup. Um, seeing as I'm keen to see how it plays damage, out. Yeah, their damage isn't super high, so they could struggle to get rid of things, pinning them into the board that are low that are low value because they're so replenishable. Um, and then obviously they can feed you points through techless. Uh, whether they cast the two CP or not, if they're not casting that, that's that's the best spell in the book. Like that spell turns a lot of bad matchups into good matchups them having to spend two CP. So they either spend it and you farm it and get lots of blood tithe, which you know powers your later later game turns, or they don't cast it and they they lose a massive hit to their army by not casting it. So I think it'd be a, a very interesting matchup. Um that in my eyes I'm putting in the I'm putting over to the corn army. Um mm. In the same way that beast cows do it, they just get in their face straight away. It's a lot for them to clear. Um, also, that's pushing their wounds cap as well. Luminary yeah. output. Yeah, yeah, like, their potential. Their like potential my output. army, I think, had about 150 wounds. Um, yeah. yeah, 60 of that was in the blood letters. But if I bring back 20 more blood letters, it's not 40 wounds. Luminary are very, Luminary are very good at doing like 30 to 40 wounds for the most part a turn and mortal wounds. Yeah, reliably from anywhere on the board. Yeah, so that could be a push. So I think I would agree with with that as well. Yeah, on the Luminef one, um, the Beast of Chaos matchup I think is very interesting. Uh, I have no idea who would favour in that matchup. They're both essentially achieving what both of the armies want to be achieving. That's fighting as soon as possible. Um, <clears throat> I think that that will a lot come down to who has first turn. Um, the beast matchup. Who gets getting, the charge win? If the, yeah. beast, if the beast get first turn, 
they're going to do the same thing you're going to do other people and pin you in and tie you up and make it so all the threats are in your face so you can't stretch out as happily and and clear those little shitty units off the objectives that being the other way around as well that you can get set up on those objectives and then they come to you and then they lose a, a great part of their army which is obviously be able to dump and then score um, and lose all their models late game um, but yeah I, yeah i'm not sure who i favor most in that yeah yeah no i i agree i think those are all lovely lovely points um a couple of things i want to go back to quickly so for the you talked to, we talked about the sort of host sort of models for the demons i think blood lords is the best one which gives the blood letters five up models um i think reapers is all right for plus one hit against heroes and extra blood type if you kill a hero balfour lords i think is garbage um yeah. the other thing i wanted to quickly touch on because i think it's worth mentioning whenever you see this is skull taker um 140 points four up ward save i think it's always important to talk about a unit as a four up ward save and seven wounds yeah um it's pretty tanky so it's a four up save four up ward um that's about it really i don't think he finds his way into any lists but he's nah. pretty resilient little fighty foot hero probably what more foot hero should be but just wanted to shout out that four up ward because that's the best save in the whole book um <laughs> so you know, honestly, four up wards is so good, man. Especially when you get more than like five wounds. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I thought we should talk about, unless there's something else that comes up from this, is like grand strategies and battle tactics, because battle tactics are how you win the game, essentially. Um, if you stop your opponent scoring a couple of battle tactics, you're you're in the money. Corn have useful battle tactics, except in the first turn, unless your opponent, unless you can get to your opponent quite quickly or um your opponent has gone first and has come towards you and closed the gap so essentially they all evolved around killing shit so mm -hmm. um killing a wizard doing killing eight or more models in a unit um if your whole army is within eight inches of the opponent uh if you have a unit in combat and they fight and there's no and it's no longer in combat um, or if you destroy four or more units, which is pretty hard, um, or if you kill something near the skull altar. So first turn, you're normally going for like a cunning maneuver if you can, or you're going for a desecrate. There's normally the easiest one is desecrate. Um, and then sort of turn two, three, four, once the board has shrunk and you are in each other's faces, the corn battle tactics are pretty good at that point. So... Um, that's helpful. Now, for the corn grand strategies, I don't think any of them are overly good. Um, I can't even tell you what they are, to be honest, because I don't remember because I read them and they're not very good. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, yeah, I don't think they're very good either, bro. I think it's um exactly what you're saying. I think a lot of the power from books revolves around how good they're... Not completely, but if you have strong battle tactics, you are in a good spot from mm -hmm. the, from the get-go um i think corn's battle tactics while they're really good and well suited to the army like mm -hmm. i wouldn't say like really good like auto win sort of battle i tactics. don't think they're lumineff good um, where you've got like four battle tactics that you can easily do in their book and yeah, plus a desecrate yeah, I, you know my my biggest issue with the corn battle tactics why they're not 
you know, top tier and why I think they're just middle tier is they all win more battle tactics. Like you look at all of yeah, them and kill harder. And it's not what they want or... is is yeah is win this turn and you'll get your battle tactic. Win this turn and you'll get your battle tactic. If you have a bad turn, then you you quite happily lose your battle tactic, which is um there's nothing like that you can pre-plan for your battle tactic that your opponent's not going to be able to try and fuck with in some way. Um, so yeah, it's uh, they're good. They're definitely good battle tactics. I wouldn't be sad with them, um, but they're not on the same level as some other armies. I think the biggest issue with battle tactics is one, I don't like them in the first place, but um, two, the this GHB's battle tactics are just so arsed that it just is absolutely reinforcing the point that if you have good battle tactics mm. or already starting on on an upper foot which is you know why yeah. things like soul blight are so good because who the fuck gives a fuck about gc heroes uninspiring little five wound cunts that do nothing but be buff pieces yeah yeah it's um i think it's just important to mention because games are normally decided by denying one or two battle tactics a turn unless yep. you've completely tabled someone in turn two or three um so i think it's just worth mentioning that corn have useful battle tactics across the board yep. so that is that is a positive considering most games um battle tactics you use out of ghb is going to be desecrate eye for an eye gaining momentum and maybe a cunning maneuver and i couldn't even tell you what the other ones are um no i but, couldn't so really it's ask just a, ask a fire slayers by yeah yeah really it's just <laughs> You know, when do I desecrate? When do I cunning? And then when do I eye for an eye? And then do I have two or three or four flex tactics within my book? Um, And in Korn's instance, you do. Because if you are yeeting your 30 blood letters or your 10 skull reapers across the board, turn one, and you're pretty, and you're only 18 inches away, that's a pretty guarantee you're getting into the combat if, you know, you're using the formulas and the the buffs that we've talked about in this podcast. Uh, there's a a battle tactic there where you kill eight or more models, and if they're screening out easy. something, you can easily delete the screen with either of those two units that we've just mentioned. So because they're going to screen right, otherwise they're just going to get fucking rolled, and you're not going to matter about battle tactics. Well, they should because if you don't have yeah, if you don't have skull cannons, you don't have any ability to get behind the screens or to the juicy juicy center that might be your opponent's army so that's an easy turn one battle tactic that involves as tubby says winning more you know killing shit essentially so yeah um anything else to add about the book um the book's gonna be great in aussie because they fucking love the w key Yeah, okay. Fucking run that shit straight as hard as they fucking can. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I expect to see it do really well in Aussie because the fucking book loves it, and uh, yeah, a lot of their players love to just fucking eat shit up the board. To be fair, I think it does well in Wellington because if you go to like a twenty, you know, a twenty-four to thirty-player tournament in Wellington, there's always like three or four Iron Jaws players, and I think this book just eats Iron Jaws. So, um, agree. Yeah, because Iron Jaws can't take too much of a punch and they want to charge on their terms. And I think you've got enough ability to yeah. make them question whether or not they want to charge um, or you've got enough screens. So, 
Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I'm I'm keen on it. I'm going to keep playing it for a minute. We've got um, my next tournament is in like a month's time. It's about four or five weeks. So Masters in New Zealand is not this weekend, next weekend. However, I'll be overseas. Um, and Tubby didn't go to any events last year, so he didn't qualify because he was relocating his life, buying a house, new career, all that sort of shit. Totally understandable. I qualified, but I'm not going to be in the country. So um, neither of us are going... We are going to try do a master's list podcast if we can, but um, both of our schedules are pretty fucked up at the moment. So um, I don't know if we'll get to that in time. But I have a tournament in about five weeks' time, Battle for the Bays in Wellington. I think it's like 24-ish players. And I will probably be running corn again for that. Um, I don't see why I wouldn't. But... Yeah, and it'll probably be something quite similar to what I'm running at the moment because I'm not intending to buy any more corn models at this point in time. And to be frank, if I wanted to buy more corn models, I fucking can't because they're like sold out online everywhere. Um, sure as hell are. You know, like the shit that I'd want would be like Skull Reapers because I don't own any and Skull Cannons because I also don't own any. But um, you can't fucking find either of those. But I am going to Thailand in a week's time and I actually was looking at games workshop in thailand and there is no games workshop in thailand but there's plenty of third party providers and um it's slightly cheaper than new zealand it's like 10 bucks off a kit it seems but um yeah I, if i can find my way into a a fucking hobby store in bangkok then then i might buy some shit but yeah anyway all the all the useful stuff sold out online unfortunately so that's probably what I'll be playing. So I'll probably be talking about it again in June when we um next jump on and have a yarn. But yeah. That'd be good. I'm interested to see the revamp. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. And also to see these how it plays into some of these other armies because new Soul Blight wasn't allowed at Valleycon. Masters, there's no corn, but there's also no use of like KO and new Soul Blight, and there's no use of um Seraphon because they've just come out, but I think Battle for the Base will include all of those armies. So, you know, I know there's been some KO players and there's absolutely a local Soul Blade player who'll be looking to dust off those new rule sets and um give them a run. And, you know, there's some OBR players locally and as I've mentioned, I've played OBR twice and I've lost twice against them. Um and I think it's a bit of a struggle. So yeah. All right, bud. Anything else, or should we just wrap it there? Call it a night. I think. Uh, I think that's my my thoughts on the corn book for now. I like that it's super fast. It's super glass, yeah. but it's super fast as well. So, yeah. If you're not Happy trying to get your units up. into combat quickly, then you're doing it fucking wrong. And if you're playing more models than demons, then you're doing it wrong as well. So. At least you got like five slaughter priests, and that's that's cool. Because like, you could honestly have six priests because the prayers are just that good. You know, like yeah, you, you wouldn't be sad about it. Yeah. So okay, one prayer, blood sacrifice generates blood type. Great, love it. Auto include blood binds makes a unit move up to eight inches closer to the guy who chants it, and you can move into combat. Fucking love that. Bronze flesh plus one to save, like that too probably one that you could drop though killer instinct um makes a normal move in the hero face fucking amazing potentially the best role in this game possibly probably the blood type moves better than this one unholy flames plus one rend that's really good it's hard to increase rend 
Um, Witchbane Curse. I don't even know what this one does. Off oh, subtract one from casting. That's right. Pick a wizard, and then they oh, might just want yeah. to cast. Um, and then if they don't cast, so if they roll and they don't successfully cast, they take two free mortal wounds. That's also like that's the last one I would take because it's situational and it relies on your opponents to have wizards, and then you obviously want wizards with more than one cast. Um, but that's still kind of cool. So the prayers are awesome. Anyway, yeah, cool. Leave it there, Tubby. Um, we will be back into your ears, listeners, maybe next week if we can do a, a New Zealand Masters list review show. If we don't, yeah, man, I, I think all the Masters lists for New Zealand are quite shit, to be honest. <laughs> like, I think it's, <laughs> I do, I think they're shit, except for like three or four of them. Um, so yeah. I think it, I think it's really like Lee, James Page. Michael Fowl, James Struthers, but that's mainly on James Struthers' play um, skill. And uh, there's a couple of gets lists in there, which, you know, gets can still do some stuff, but I think for the most part, they're not overly meta. Um, and I think a lot of people have just played the list that have got them to Masters, which um, when I say that, I think it's a lot of... Hasn't moved with the pack. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's... Yeah, I don't think the list are that good, to be honest. Um, I kind of wish I was going because I think it would be a good one to win, but I want Lee to win, so go Lee. Um, yeah, go Lee. Yeah, go Lee. We got you, Lee. We love you, Lee. And then we can have you back on the podcast. He's probably, I'm pretty sure he's like our most popular guest that has come, like, he's come on the show the most times, but that was all in like the first 18 months of the podcast. So it felt like 10 times in the first 18 months. And <laughs> we haven't had him on since he started having babies. So. Which was a couple of years ago. Now, oh fuck, excuse me. All right, let's wrap it there. Um, thanks very much for listening. Hope you this useful, guys. Hope you enjoyed the quick tournament recap and our rambles about corn. Hopefully, the energy was all right. This is a midweek podcast, which is not what we normally do. And Tubby's just worked a long shift, and I'm just a lazy fat cunt. So there we go. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you guys later. Later, boys. <laughs>